Welcome to Kidney Talk, a program of Renal Support Network, a show that streams health, happiness, and hope to the kidney community. You can download all Kidney Talk shows from iTunes and find a variety of resources to help you navigate this illness at rsnhope.org. Please welcome your host, Lori Hartwell, who has lived with kidney disease since the age of two. Well, welcome to Kidney Talk. Today, we're going to be speaking to Cher Thomas. She's a dental hygienist from Galveston, Texas, and she's also a transplant recipient for 16 years, and she's very passionate about dental health, and today she's going to be talking to us about, you know, dental health and nutrition. So welcome to the show, Cher. Hi, Lori. Thanks for having me. Well, you know, you know, thanks for, you know, bringing up this topic, because I think you know, it is so important because we take for granted that we don't always connect our overall dental health impacts our nutrition. When we have kidney disease, our nutrition is so important. I mean, it's important for everybody, but it's really, really important when you, especially when you're on dialysis. So um, give us a little bit about, um, you know, an overview of this. Oh, sure. Well, you're so right. It's important for everybody, but, you know, dialysis patients in particular have some really uh, specific needs that they have with their diet. You know, whenever you're on dialysis, um, most patients have a difficult uh, time keeping their albumin levels up to par, and your teeth play an essential role in that, you know, if your pe- if your teeth are loose or they hurt whenever you bite or eat or or drink moderate amounts or small amounts of fluid, right? That impacts your health, your your ability to eat the proper things that uh, that you need for good health. And so, <clears throat> uh, the teeth in particular are very important because, like, in order to keep albumin levels up to a high amount, so whenever you lose some during the dialysis process, you want to be sure to be able to, you know, um, uh, get that back into your system again. And teeth in your mouth have different functions. So, like your front teeth, we call those incisors, and those are good for shearing, tearing, biting off, like if you're biting into a sandwich... If you're biting into an apple, those teeth are very important. And as you go back, your back molars are really important whenever you're trying to eat animal proteins. And that's chew. very Basically key chew, to right? <laughs> uh, maintaining proper albumin levels, which is, uh, you know, a, a uh, accurate way to uh, keep your protein up. So they're very important in that respect. Now, this is a subject I absolutely really don't identify with. And the reason being is I have never had a cavity in my life. And yeah, I have to you say... Know, there's, there is a, a cavity. Excuse me. A cavity is a, a small hole in your tooth. Mm-hmm. And as it gets bigger, it can cause you discomfort and... Uh, I know there are a lot of bad things about being a, you know, a, a kidney patient, a dialysis patient, but inside of your mouth, you're actually less likely to get a cavity whenever you have chronic kidney disease, and that's because the pH level, the acidity in your mouth, tends to be more alkaline than acidic, and acidity is what causes the cavities. 
It's, so it doesn't surprise me that you don't have a lot of cavities. Well, Actually, in some uh, several research papers that I've read, dialysis patients are more prone to get uh, gum disease or periodontal disease is what we call it in the field. Mm-hmm. And the difference between the two is, is that uh, a cavity is a disease of the tooth. Periodontal disease is a de- disease of the gum the tissue that holds the the teeth in the mouth, they're called periodontal ligaments. They're like fibers that hold your teeth to the bone in your jaw. And so actually patients who have kidney disease are at higher risk for that disease than they are cavities. So there's, you know, it's interesting because when I was on one of the transplant meds, um, uh, cyclosporin, I had a lot more gum overgrowth. And right. now that I'm not on that drug, it's they, they're actually more normal. Um, right. So, you know, definitely I haven't had a cavity, but I guess I have gum disease because of different transplant meds. And can you explain a little bit of what gingivitis is? Because we have cavities, gingivitis, and gum disease. Sure. Now, as I explained before, a cavity is a hole in your tooth. Mm-hmm. Gingivitis is whenever you have some inflammation in your gums, and gingivitis is a a reversible process with adequate brushing or uh, getting your teeth cleaned uh, with proper nutrition, that inflammation goes away. And, you know, it's something that is most of the time pretty short-term. You might notice whenever you're brushing your teeth, your gums bleed easily, um, but your your mouth in general isn't in, in a lot of discomfort. Mm-hmm. And gum disease, on the other hand, is whenever gingivitis has been in your mouth for some time. It is not a reversible disease because, by definition, it means the bone, that uh, bone in your jaw, is starting to deteriorate away because of that long-term inflammation. And it's not, uh, you know, you haven't been brushing well for a long time. You um, haven't been able to go into the dentist and or you're taking specific medications that put you in a higher risk category. Like you mentioned, Lori, about the cyclosporin. You know, that is a drug that is uh, very commonly causes your gums to overgrow. And whenever they get big and puffy, it just makes more nooks and crannies for bacteria to hang out in, and it uh, contributes to this long-term inflammation. Now, cyclosporin isn't the only medication that does that, and um, the other category of medications that would do that would be uh, some anti-seizure medications, mm-hmm. as well as... Um, Beta blockers, which are a type of medication used for uh, high blood pressure. And so not all patients respond that way, but if you do, then, you know, it's time to explore with your physician if there's a way that you could switch to another medication that's less likely to cause that overgrowth in your gums because it causes a lot of pain um, and it can complicate things as well. For instance... Um, there's a lot of research showing that, you know, if you have poor oral hygiene and you're not able to get out all that bacteria um, by brushing and flossing, because it can be uncomfortable to keep those areas well, 
then it puts you at higher risk for conditions like bacterial pneumonia. Uh, after transplant, it puts you at higher risk for infection inside of your mouth. But even as a, a dialysis patient, you know, you can get infections in your mouth from that. And, and we all know that, uh, you know, we're balancing out uh, our lives with all these other medications, trying to live our lives to the fullest. And the last thing that you want is an infection. <laughs> no, that's um, that's not a good thing. <laughs> no, no, absolutely not. It can cause a lot of havoc. And, uh, you know, many uh, patients who are on dialysis, many patients that have chronic kidney disease have diabetes. And diabetes, an infection anywhere in your body, including your mouth, particularly your gums, can cause lots of havoc in being able to maintain proper glucose levels in your body. But also, if you aren't able to keep the glucose levels in your diet at a uh, adequate level, we can see inside of your mouth. It causes infections inside of your mouth, too. So it's kind of a... Uh, unfortunately, with diabetes patients, you know, we can see it visually. It can make you more likely to have problems with your mouth if you're poorly controlled or uh, if you develop a, an infection in your mouth, it can cause problems with your overall body. Well, you know, one of the things that uh, my mom, she uh, basically has false teeth. She's had false teeth since her 50s, and she's very open about it. Sometimes she'll just leave them there. I mean, you know, my mom's close to 80 now, and she just, she doesn't like to put them in. And when she's like, well, I don't have my teeth in, so I can't eat that. And I explained to her that you need to chew your food. I mean, exactly. if you don't chew your food, you don't get the nutrients. You can have more stomach problems. Um, I don't know. I'm not a doctor, but um, it is sometimes it's like, excuse the uh, expression, pulling teeth to get her to wear her teeth when we're <laughs> eating boom. dinner. Ba -ba -bum. I know, exactly. But um, can you explain a little bit about why it's so important, the chewing process, and if you're having problems and not chewing your food properly, you oh, know, sure. how that impacts sure. your nutrition? Well, first of all, digestion starts in the mouth. Okay, it, it, before it ever gets to your stomach, digestion starts in your mouth with saliva. And what's the one thing that a lot of patients don't have who are on dialysis? A lot of saliva. We don't have a lot to spare. And by less saliva, you know, you start, saliva is a natural cleansing mechanism. So you need that. And whenever you are um, chewing your food, Saliva coats the food as you're chewing it up. It helps kill bacteria inside of your mouth. It helps start the digestion process in the food and you swallow it. Well, if you haven't chewed it up very well, especially if you don't have a lot of saliva, you can have problems like indigestion, reflux, um, uh, esophagus problems, you know, uh, I guess on an extreme, you know, sometimes people it can be so bad that you can cause your esophagus to rupture, you know. If you don't. Uh, but being able to chew your food adequately is important. It also helps you with keeping your weight at a proper level. You know, if you, if you eat your food so fast, sometimes, you know, we've all been so hungry, maybe at lunchtime or in the afternoon, you're so hungry that uh, we have a saying, I just inhaled my food, you know, <laughs> that can lead to indigestion, that can lead to 
uh, actually throwing up because you've eaten it so quickly. But the other thing is, is that you eat way more than what you should have ever eaten because you're not taking your time chewing your food. And you're not helping your stomach out by helping out in that digestive process because, you know, the whole goal with chewing is, is you try to make it in small pieces so whenever it gets to your stomach, all the vitamins and nutrients that are in there are um, being more likely to be absorbed into your body. And if it's not absorbed, what's the, you know, really what's the point? Have you ever seen one of your patients come in that might have like a toothache or something? And if you get a toothache, does it ever go away? Because I've known people like, oh, I got a toothache, and then they wait forever to get to the dentist. Mm. And does it ever get well, better? Well, interesting because, <laughs> you know, I talked about what a hole is, in a, a cavity. It's a hole in your tooth. And professionally, there are not always when you get that hole in your tooth do you have to have a filling. Sometimes we can put patients on special uh, toothpaste at home that helps remineralize that tooth. It's only when the hole goes all the way through the enamel of the tooth and it gets in where the nerve of your tooth is that we actually have to do a filling. And so you could have a little sensitivity uh, because you're starting to get a cavity and you're given some type of a, a special toothpaste, usually containing... Um, fluoride in it, sometimes calcium, and sometimes phosphor. And those are the three agents that you need to help remineralize teeth. Patients can also not even technically have a cavity. They may have some recession in their mouth because they have some gum disease, right? And every time they eat something hot or cold, it's like, oh, my gosh, that, that hurts, you know? And in those circumstances... Uh, using over-the-counter toothpaste uh, that's specifically designed for sensitivity, say like Sensodyne, mm-hmm. that will make those aches and pains go away. So that's if there's a problem with the tooth. Now, remember, you're not always going to have a problem with your tooth. Actually, if you have kidney disease, it's all the more likely that it's going to be your gums. And gum disease is kind of like kidney disease in that... In the early stages, it's really not uncomfortable. And it's only whenever there's a lot of damage done in your mouth where you've lost a lot of bone and the teeth start to become loose, like if you're uh, trying to eat a steak and it's like, oh, that's really tender whenever I'm chewing on that because you're trying to chew on it with your, you know, your molars or your, uh, your bicuspids. And it just you can't really grind up that t- food together you know, no matter how much you try. So, you know, gum disease doesn't happen overnight, and it can have uh, times in your life whenever it's worse than others, that it's starting to become comfortable, and then it goes away. Um, Sometimes even toothaches can have nothing to do with what's in your mouth, but rather in your sinus. Mm -hmm. So, like, if you have a sinus infection and the tooth is hurting on the top, the roots of those teeth aren't in your sinus, but they're by it. And when you have a sinus infection, right, your sinus gets full of mucus and yucky stuff, right? And whenever it pushes on the roots of those teeth, it can make you feel like you have a toothache. And if you were to uh, 
take something, uh, let's say it's allergy season, and your doctor says it's okay for you to take an antihistamine because it dries up uh, that mucus in your nose, the toothache goes away. It feels better. And ironically, um, oh, back in the horse and buggy days, a lot of time people would come in and say, you know, to the dentist, who was also the barber, by the way, <laughs> and say, oh, I've got a toothache. And so, you know, they would uh, uh, drink a whole bunch of whiskey and pull the tooth, and that <laughs> would make the sinuses drain, and then the pain would go away. So a lot of teeth were taken out. Because it was a sinus infection. It's so important to see your dentist and have regular checkups. I have a couple of follow-up questions because, um, you know, are there any dental products, you know, people should be avoiding that uh, oh, you can suggest? That's a great question, Lori, because I was just at the National Kidney Foundation meeting, and uh, we, in our discussion with renal dietitians, we were asked that same question, and there's one product that works very, very well at remineralizing teeth. Remember I said that it takes three components to remineralize your teeth. Uh, if the cavity hasn't gone all the way through the enamel, that would be calcium, fluoride, and phosphorus. And patients who are uh, on dialysis, right, have more phosphorus <laughs> than what they know what to do with most of the time. Well, there's a chemical, a product available that's only distributed through dentists that works very well for that. And if you don't have kidney disease, uh, it's not going to be an issue at all. But if you do have kidney disease, it could be a problem. It's called M as in mother, I as in indigo or internet, right? M-I-PASTE. It stands for minimally invasive, meaning... Um, it keeps the dentist from having to drill on your tooth, okay? And it's a wonderful, wonderful product, but it has bioavailable phosphorus in it. And so you might as well go out and drink a soda. <laughs> it has that much phosphorus in it, and it's very easily uh, absorbed in your mouth. And that's the last thing you want to do if you're having trouble keeping your phosphorus levels oh. under control. And is this a one-time use? my understanding that there are a few other products available that have bioavailable phosphorus in it. And so if you happen to be at the dentist and they recommend a product for what you're using, I would specifically ask them, you know, does this have like a lot of phosphorus in it? I'm under, you know, certain restrictions with it. Because not all dental providers are going to understand the uh, the specifics on this because they've never had to deal with it on a personal right. level. And, you know, you can always ask your doctor and find out because maybe a little bit is worth the risk of having a little bit higher phosphorus. Maybe you can take some extra Correct. phosphate binders. Correct, yeah. It's and something for you to engage and ask not only your doctor, but your renal dietitian, And they'll be able to tell you whether or not you have enough ooch room, you know, uh, in achieving your target range. And they'll also be able to review, okay, well, exactly what's going on your, in, in your mouth. Is it that important that at least for a short, short term, we're able to do this? Right. Well, you know, it's so important. Your teeth are your gateway to your stomach, and you can't get good nutrition if you don't take care of your teeth. Absolutely and, not. And you have to be able to chew your food. You have to be able to swallow your food. Um, 
So, you know, one of the things that uh, people who take medication or on dialysis, you get what's called dry mouth. And can you explain how that can impact your overall, you know, oral health, but also your nutrition? Because going back to your saliva, you need enough saliva to be able to digest your food. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. Well, saliva plays a very important part not only in digestion, but in the immune system as well. What saliva does is it has enzymes in it that are antibacterial. It kills uh, all of those bad bugs that live in all of our mouths all the time. And some of those bugs cause cavities. Some of those bugs being bacteria, right? have to be sure and clarify that. I don't want anybody to think that they have a uh, inchworm or something crawling around in their mouth. But uh, some of those bacteria cause gum disease as well. And so it's important that we have saliva in our mouth to be able to combat those. Now, patients who are, who are on fluid restrictions have a real tough time with that. So there are easy things that you can do. Consider using a humidifier at night on your nightstand. Right, also, well- uh, chewing gum. If you get chewing gum that has sugar in it, that's a bad idea. But if you get chewing gum, particularly one that has a uh, artificial sweetener in it called xylitol, that's X Y no X X Y L I T O L xylitol, and it's a special type of artificial sweetener. Uh, probably the best known gum that you would know would be Orbitz gum. It's endorsed by the American Dental Association, and what it does is is that while you're chewing gum, it tricks your body into thinking that it's food, so you naturally start to salivate more, okay? But this special kind of artificial sweetener, whenever the bacteria eat it, it makes them feel really full, and so they don't produce as many acids inside of your mouth, causing cavities and gum disease, so... um The last thing that I'd like to point out, oh, and by the way, there is a study that shows that chewing xylitol gum actually helps produce more saliva and provides more relief to hemodialysis patients than over-the-counter mouth rinses like uh, biotin, which is a good product, but if it's not working for you, you know, uh, I would suggest trying uh, chewing gum. If it makes your jaw sore, there are plenty of, of uh, hard candies that have this product in it. All you have to do is maybe go up to the pharmacist and say, hey, can you help me find some products that have this uh, artificial sweetener in it? Because anything in your mouth tricks your body into thinking that it's food. Um, and then one more thing is is that the Sonicare toothbrush, it's kind of an expensive toothbrush. You're looking at at least mm, 75 or $80 and up from that. However, this sonic waves that go on your mouth, when it go on in your mouth when you're using that toothbrush, they have research that shows that it causes you to produce more saliva too. So those are just easy things that you can do. I mean... How much easier is it to um, chew some gum or suck on a lozenge? I don't think it gets more easy than that. Right. 
just you have to make an effort to have it available. And I know that sometimes I had such dry mouth, I somewhat am somewhat used to it, you know, because you kind of accept a new norm. And I know that that's That's not, you know, you need to try to do things so that you're not, you don't have a dry mouth. And I thank you, Cher, for uh, sharing all this information. We need to go see the dentist. We need to have regular checkups. It's such a part of our overall health and well-being. It can impact us being able to get on the transplant list or get a transplant. So uh, thank you, Cher, for sharing your information and bringing this important topic. So we'll all... My pleasure, Lori. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to Kidney Talk, a program of Renal Support Network. Please make sure to find us on Facebook or sign up for our newsletter at rsnhope.org. Kidney Talk is intended for informational purposes only. It is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment from your physician. Always seek the advice of your own health care provider regarding your medical condition.